to the PSD Cast with your host, Jason Lumberg at Power Systems Design. And through a combination of industrial innovation and ever more stringent regulations, renewable energy is quickly becoming predominant. But while renewable energy recently surpassed coal in consumption, the first time in over 130 years, over 60% of electricity production in the U.S. is still generated by a fossil fuel. That obviously clashes with our goal of going carbon neutral by the middle of this century, so something has to be done. And on the line to discuss that is Mark Kopchinski, CMO with Energy Shares. So, Mark, thanks for joining us. And a number of sources now claim that renewable energy is actually cheaper than fossil fuels, not in the long term, but right now. Uh, do you agree with that? And why or why not? Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me, first of all. Appreciate uh, being on here today and chatting with you. Um, and yeah, I, I think the answer is actually yes for now and, and actually into the long run, too. Um, I think uh, we've been seeing a lot of uh, research coming out, um, you know, whether it's from the UN or the uh, International Renewable Energy Agency, or you might have even seen recently there was some research by an organization called Energy Innovation, and they actually studied uh, and compared um, solar and wind uh, farm energy production to over 210 coal plants here in the United States. And they found that literally uh, only one of those coal plants was actually more cost efficient than um, uh, the renewables, wind and solar. And so, you know, I think what you're finding with all of this is between, you know, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, IRA, and just the overall pace of innovation within the broader renewable energy space, whether it's at the panel level, at the manufacturing level, at the uh, uh, compound level, or even at the battery level, um, everyone is working hard with such innovation that I think that's all driving costs uh, down while helping to achieve commercial viability and ultimately scale. Um, and I think ultimately what you're finding as part of this is by countries and, and certainly you know the U.S. being a leader in, in moving this direction now, you know, moving towards these renewable energy types, it's starting to free the countries up from, you know, their dependencies on coal, oil, natural gas supply chains, where you have a lot of fluctuations in pricing and cost and, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, increases, uh, you know, the cost of operating these, you know, legacy facilities. So renewable energy definitely is a good thing. And, uh, and it's great that it's, um, more cost efficient, um, you know, than sort of the legacy fossil fuels. Okay. Well, that being said, if renewable energy is cheaper than fossil fuels right now, why is the majority of electricity production still generated by fossil fuels? Yeah. Well, uh, it's an interesting question. Um, you know, it, it, the key is that the fossil fuel production uh, plants for electricity, well, they're already operational, right? They've, they've been operational for years, you know, up some 30 plus years. And so what you have is all of this uh, wonderful talk about renewable energy and work being done in renewable energy. It's all, uh, it's all just been recent. Uh, and what, what you have is something, I don't, I don't know if you know the term, interconnect queues, but this is basically how you connect uh, a power generation plant or solar farm or wind farm into the main uh, transmission lines and grids. And so the thing that makes me bullish on renewable energy coming fast and furious in the near term 
is that there are so many projects that are pending in these interconnect queues that are all entirely renewable energy. You don't see anything about building a new coal plant or a new gas plant, uh, you know, a peaker plant. Uh, everything is renewable energy. So it's, I think the real way to answer the, your question is that it's all coming, right? It's all been queued up. And uh, as things get permitted properly and all the studies are completed to get things to the state where they can be constructed and, and brought operationally out of these interconnect queues, you're going to see a huge uh, push of renewable energy projects coming online. And that's going to drive that 60% number of fossil fuel uh, electricity production uh, way down. All right. Well, looking ahead a bit, which renewable energy type do you see taking the lead over the next decade or so and why? Yeah, I think it's still going to be solar. Um, you know, it's the proven technology. Um, when you combine it also with uh, some form of battery storage system as well, it's really the predominant technology that uh, people feel comfortable rolling out uh, with scale and acceleration. It's commercially viable. Uh, it's what people know. It's what the installers know. It's people know how to maintain and operate it. So I think for the next decade, it's still going to be the predominant technology. Uh, while newer things are are being um, uh, certainly invented, but also uh, proven commercially viable. That that's really the big thing. Because with these plants and the way you generate electricity, you need something that's going to be able to stand the test of time, 20, 30 years. And so new technology just has to be, you know, brought to market in, in these commercially viable ways. And I think those are still coming. They're not arriving yet. Um, and I'd also, I guess, say that if you, again, look at these interconnect queues where um, renewable energy projects are stacked up, everything's solar. Um, there's some wind, but it's predominantly solar. And those are the projects that are being ready to be approved uh, so that they can come out of the queue and uh, get into the construction and ultimately operational phase where they're actually producing the power. That sounds good. Okay, so what immediate steps can we take to help decarbonize the actual production of electricity? Yeah, it, uh, I think a couple different things come to mind. One of the first things uh, that we're uh, really big on here at Energy Shares is just driving consumer awareness of the problem. Uh, I always like to say it's great that people buy Teslas and, and electric vehicles. We applaud that, and, and that's good. Um, you know, but sometimes consumers don't realize that, you know, like you brought up, that 60% of the electricity um, produced in America is still fossil fuels. So a lot of this is just consumer awareness that, wow, we really need to take action and do things that not only are, are great for us as an individual consumer, like buying an EV, or putting solar panels on our house, but we need to make sure that we're helping um, the back end, so to speak, the actual electricity production projects, um, you know, come online and start producing. And when I think of that, that really is the energy share story. Uh, we are a FINRA registered broker dealer. And what we try to do is be a middleman for consumers to have the opportunity to actually invest in these renewable energy projects at the development or early stage so that we can try to get more projects launched, get more projects into these interconnect queues where they can uh, be studied and reported on and then ultimately get ready for construction. 
So it's really about we got to fix the back end at the same time that consumers are becoming more electrified. Okay, Mark. Well, um, before I let you go, let, let's let's look ahead even further. You know, cards on the table. Do you think the standard goal of carbon neutrality by 2050 is feasible, and why or why not? Yeah, I, I actually do. Um, and uh, I think there's a number of forces that are kind of at play. You certainly have, uh, you know, these big federal initiatives, uh, certainly here in America, like the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, that's driving manufacturing and innovation. And, uh, you know, I, I'm from California, so we even like to say that even, even states like Texas are leading the way, right? We're, they're known for uh, all their oil production and so on. You know, recently, you know, it's been reported on that they're actually driving manufacturing and adoption of renewable energy and technology and production, uh, which is exciting, right? It's everyone's getting on the bandwagon to participate, and, and that's a good thing for everyone. Um, and I think, as I mentioned maybe before, this whole notion of electrification at the consumer level is really driving all this. So more and more people are becoming dependent on electricity instead of fossil fuels at the you know, household and business level. And this is actually now driving things at the utility scale level, but that back end, as I was talking about before. And so as more consumers are driving demand for electricity, it's driving the back end infrastructure to step up and start finding new ways to produce all of that power. Uh, and as we've been seeing, all the new sources, uh, all the new plants coming online are, you know, solar and wind based. And so some of the things that, uh, you know, I would even call out um, from a stat wise, I was looking um, the other day at this and, you know, our consumption, our need for electricity is, is going to grow from 4,000 terawatts, which we use right now, terawatt hours right now, growing to over 5,000 terawatt hours by 2050. And what you have sort of working with that is to meet that demand. What we've been studying um, is that there appears to be over 200 gigawatts of utility scale solar and wind energy projects that are just going to be brought to life and, and brought online in the coming four years alone. So you have a tremendous amount of power that's going to start to come online, uh, getting out of these queues and help us meet the, um, the needs of the cons- ultimately of the consumer at home. Thanks, Mark. I want to thank you for your time. And to our audience, thanks for joining us. Stay safe and healthy and have a great day.